Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse number 5 and verse number 6. And out of honor of the word of God, let's rise and show God respect and uh, his word. Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse number 5. It says, if you follow along, I'll read it to you. Let your conversation, your manner of life, your way of living be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. And I pay attention to what he's about to say. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And what a convicting, convicting, convicting thought. And I'm going to bring it out tonight. And I'm going to do my best and pardon my speech and pardon sometimes the way I express myself. And let us be mindful of the Holy Ghost tonight. It's Thanksgiving this week. We're going to have a big dinner on Tuesday. We had special things that happened. I'm going to take my time and preach what the Bible says. All right? Verse 6, so that we may boldly say, this idea that God will never leave us nor forsake us causes us, verse 6 now, so that we may boldly say, Not arrogantly, not in pride, but in great confidence. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And what a thought and what a a powerful, powerful thought. And I will not fear because of the thought that my God, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what men shall do unto me. And truly, to be honest, what they could do is end my life maybe on this life. But the Bible says for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so may I say this, uh, we need to find uh, some thankful hearts with some of these things we're going to talk about tonight. And let's, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, guide us, Lord, tonight. I know uh, that we're anticipating uh, going home. We're anticipating maybe... Uh, ending uh, a good day in your house. We've heard salvations already happen throughout the week. We've had somebody prayed this morning for salvation, and we're, we're already full. And even the song uh, that was sung here, uh, both uh, Brother uh, Saxton and the ladies, Lord, is just already overwhelmingly uh, full. We're just so blessed that we're saved. Lord, but Lord, I pray that we would get a hold of this thought and that it will make a change in our lives, and we'll never want anything else. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And so I want to talk about the presence of God. You may be seated. Uh, You could stand. We'll stand together. The presence of God and its benefits. The presence of God and its benefits. That's the title of the message tonight. I want to talk about the presence of God as it relates to us. What does that mean, the presence of God? Or God being with us and not forsaking us. As we look at the Bible, we find a couple of facets of it. There's different ideas of this this thought of God being present. And one of it is his literal presence. You know, someday, I'm going to see God face to face, literally. Now I worship him in spirit and truth, but someday I'll be face-to-face with Jesus Christ. And I'll be face-to-face with God. And we'll see him because of his holiness and his imputed righteousness has judicially pronounced me justified. And so I don't have to worry about it. 
I don't have to worry about nothing. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I got something to be thankful for. And the idea, another facet of this, the idea of the presence of God, is it brings out the idea of judgment. When God, when God comes and we appear before his presence, judgment must take place. Because God is a holy God. And we are accountable to him because he is the creator. He made us and not we ourselves. And so, at one point or another, even a saved Christian, the first time we see him, it will be grand, but then there is a judgment. The judgment seat of Christ will be a part of that. And then for those that are lost, sad to say, they'll be a a part of the great white throne. And that's a scary place to be a part of. And so that's the idea of God's presence. It's him literally there, uh, his presence, and the idea of judgment. But another facet is what I'm going to talk about today in our daily life, in our everyday Christian life. While we're on earth as a Christian, it gives you this idea that his presence is his divine favor. On your life, while you walk on earth. His guidance, his will, his ways, and him working in you and through you to get the job done. His divine favor, I I call it, and the presence of God. I want to talk about that facet of this idea tonight. And the benefits that it brings. So, it has benefits to live in the presence of God, to be in God's presence on earth. There's benefits. And so we read it here and look at it again. I'll recall to you what we read earlier. It says, let your conversation, your manner of life, the way you live on this earth, the way you live as a Christian, be without covetousness. There's no reason to want anything else. And be content with such things as you have. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. May I point out what I'm talking about earlier He said literally here on this verse, the reason why you should not want anything else and the reason why you should be very contented with what you have is because I you have me. That's what Jesus said on verse number 5. How could you argue that? When Jesus said to you, In your way of life as a Christian, and as you live your life day to day, there's no reason to want anything else, and there's no reason to be unhappy because you don't have all the things you want. Because I have given myself to you. You have me. For he had said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Now, I don't mind a steak once in a while. And I'm going to partake on some Thanksgiving meal on Tuesday and on Thursday and on Friday because that's how it's going to be. It's already ordered. It's already, it's already in schedule. We're going to eat. I'm going to take and participate in some good old pecan pie. I'm going to take part in some of these mashed taters that we're going to have. And I'm going to dig my hands in the pan of the six dead turkeys that we're going to cook, I'm going to be a part of it. I'm not trying to tell you you can't enjoy life and the things that life brings. I've just picked up golfing. Wow, I'm getting good at it to the point that my wife is thinking about buying me a driver. 
If you golf, you know what a driver is. And I don't know if that's going to improve any of my game. Guys, God is not upset at those things. But if those things never come, if those things never come to my life, if there was not a meal like this, if there was not to, 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 to be blessed with any of those uh, material things, I still am happy because I got Jesus. I don't need nothing. I don't need nothing. I don't need nothing. Somebody gave me money to buy a new suit. Now the pants are a bit tight. I need help. You notice, I'll give you a secret. That's why I don't wear the same pants and suit match because the pants never match. They never fit perfect. So that's why I mismatched. Yeah, it's too much turkey. And of all of that, I have a big old turkey in my freezer. I don't know when we're going to cook that. And then somebody promised a ham. Man, somebody gave me pants. And I put it aside, right? Kid you not. God is my witness. I got a pants somebody gave me. I think it was Mr. Renee. Keep doing it, Mr. Renee. Kid you not, I tried the pants on. I stuck my, my hand in the pocket. Guess what I pulled out? $20. No kidding. I have it right here now. It's in here. It's part of my wad now. It's not very much, but I have it. $20. This week, somebody gave me a card. They said, you were a missionary, weren't you? <laughs> they already forgotten. Praise the Lord. Yes. And we had set aside some money for your family. And we forgot all about it, and we found it. So here's a card with $40 in it. This week. Am I saying those things just to be braggadocious and weird about it? No, I'm just telling you, whether those things come or not, I got God. And I have all that I need. And I could not be more happier because he said, not only do you have me, but you'll never lose me. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Woo! Hallelujah! Shout a little bit. Man, I don't know. I got in the spirit today. But uh, shout a little bit. And get excited about this verse. That's a real verse. That's a real truth that we take for granted as Christians. We're going to walk off today, and we're going to let the devil put a cloud of, 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 of discouragement over us, and it's going to say you have a flat tire, you don't have heat, you have da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Just tell the devil, I got God. Leave me alone. I got God. He'll find a way. He'll find a way. He said to pray if I have a need. I don't have a heat in my house. Pray. God will give you heat. That's how it works. That's how, it's so simple. That's what he says. You just have to trust it. And we let the devil, we let the devil cheapen the victory we already have in Jesus. We let him destroy our rejoicing. Imagine if the Bills won the Super Bowl. And they're winning right now, so <laughs> it ain't never going to happen. But if they won the Super Bowl, and all of us, for so long, never had that experience, and now we're all rejoicing, correct? And some loser comes in, 
and is grumpy about it, and he's going to find ways to complain about it, and he's going to put cold water on us. You know what we like to do to that person? Kick him out of here. Kick that guy out of here. Right? We let, we, let, we let life and the cares of this life mess up what we have. We really do. We let it do it to us. Somebody said something unkind, and we're going to let that fester, and let that fester, and let that fester. They didn't even know who you are. Just let it go. They didn't understand what they were saying. Jesus said, they know not what they do, and he forgave them. We make mountains out of molehills. When we have the God that can take care of anything, any relationship issue you're having right now, he can take care of it. He can take care of it through his word. He'll show you with wisdom in the book of Proverbs and other passages how to deal with problematic people in your life. He will show you how to do it in the book. But you don't believe that, and you just go and carry on, and you ignore all the truths that God gives you, and he says, not only do you have me, but I hold all the wisdom. And I give it to any man that asks it, liberally. And nobody does. And we all carry on our way, dealing with problems our own way. And we fail, and we get upset, and it doesn't work out. Because we've negated and we've forgotten the fact That God promises to you and me as a Christian, you know what I'm going to give you? Me. I'm going to give you me. That means you have access to my God's word. That means you have access to my God's love. That means you have access to my God's peace. That means you have access to my God's mercy. That means you have access to my God's Holy Ghost. I mean, you got all of it. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Pastor Chris, where are you doing this? I don't know. Some of the benefits, I'll give you four of them, and we'll be done. You find here, living in the presence and the divine favor of God, You'll find contentment. You'll find contentment. And that's the idea that is God is all I need. God is all I need. Everything else is extra. A brand new vehicle, that's just extra. I don't need that to be happy because I got God. But if I get a new vehicle, that's just extra. I got God. Look at what it says in Hebrews 13 and verse 5. Be without covetousness and be content when you realize the promise that you have him. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You'll find contentment. Look at Psalms 23 and verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Not just my Savior now. It moved over now. The relationship blossomed. It started at salvation. Now he's my shepherd. Now I walk with him every day, just like the shepherd would walk with his sheep. And the sheep hears his voice. 
And the direction is there. The guidance is there. The protection is there. The provision is there. Come on now. Everything is there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. Colossians 2.10. And ye are complete in him, plus all the things that you want in life that he has to give to you when you want it, how you want it. God, the, the job has to be the way I want it. The environment in my job has to be the way it is. They have to realize who I am, and they have to treat me the way I should be. And I'm not, I'm not dishing things that need to be done properly in order. If some problematic situation needs to be done, it needs to be done. But the attitude has to be in your heart that, that it's okay because you got God. It doesn't have to go your way all the time. And are you complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power? Number two, moving right along. What are some benefits you'll get in this idea that you live in the presence of God while you're living your Christian life? Contentment. Number two, you'll find comfort. And what is that? God is with me. God is with me. What, God, what can God do? The impossible. The impossible. He can fill a church with 40 people that before didn't have 40 people, brother. He can bring a man and a family to pastor a church that at one point was, I, I, I appreciate Brother Frank for four years being there. I don't discount anything that Brother Frank did. I appreciate that man that he did that. But we needed a pastor. And God brought a pastor. When all around us, pay attention, guys. When all around this area, pastors are dying. And there's churches right now that don't have a pastor like me. They probably don't want one like me. (laughs) But they don't have a pastor. They don't have a pastor. And I get to have my pastor with me, working with me. And I get my mentor, Pastor Seth, that helped me. I get to be with my dad and my mom and some of my best friends in the world in the same church. And we let the devil walk in here and say, let's divide them all up and get them rolled up and fight each other. And I'm going to tell you as a pastor, I'm going to tell him, no. Get out. No. Get out. And if you're on his side, you're going to see a side of me you've never seen before. I don't want him to destroy what God built. He's not allowed. He is not allowed. He's not allowed to destroy my marriage. He's not allowed to destroy the the family God gave me. He's not allowed. He's not allowed to destroy some of my friendship I've built for, for many years. He's not allowed. He's not allowed in this place. And we're not going to let him permeate his wickedness in this place. And we see a hint of him. We sniff him out and say, eh, he's here somewhere. Let's go find him and kick him out. 
He's not going to ruin our fun in the, in, the, in the sense of this, our victory in Jesus. We don't want him here. We don't want him here. And sometimes we have to be the bigger person. We have to be the bigger person sometimes to let God win on a situation. We have to be the bigger person. We have to look at the, the, the situation. And, 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 and Americans, we say this, we have to eat some crow. I don't know whoever came up with that. But you understand what I mean, right? Good, because I don't. But uh, that's what we say. God says you have to be defrauded a little bit. Because you're the bigger person. And God's going to do something in your life to overcome those that are weaker. All right? Hebrews 13.5. Look at what it says. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. And that gives me comfort because I know God is with me. I'm talking about if you're living in his presence. You're living in God's divine favor. And we'll find out later there's only one thing that really messes this all up in a Christian's life. And I'll talk about it in just a few minutes. Let me give you another uh, third point here. Now, let me look at Psalms 23 and verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's only a shadow, praise the Lord, because I am passed from death unto life. And if I die, praise the Lord, the resurrection, the trumpet will blow, and I will be the first ones up. And I'll meet Jesus in the air. So that has no power over me. The grave is lost. It has no victory. Praise the Lord. I'm ready. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because I have a lot of money? Because I'm financially secure? Because I'm liked by a lot of people? There's only one thing that David found that would help him. For thou art with me. See, guys, I'm telling you, I can't preach anything else. I can't give you any more than what I'm giving you. This is where we, we like shout it out as Christians. This is it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's all I can, I can be excited about. It's just him. I, I, can't be, I can't give you anything else. There's no other thing I could do. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And so we find when you are in tune and you're walking in the presence of God as a Christian while you're living on this life, you're in God's divine favor. You'll find contentment as a benefit. You'll find, number two, comfort as a benefit. And number three, you'll find confidence God will help me. God will help me. God will help me. Hebrews 13 and verse number 6. Look at that, what it says. So that they may in secret, just quietly, so nobody gets offended, just, just please don't make a ruckus. Don't make a big deal now. We don't want everybody to know that we know Jesus. 
We don't want them to think we're those Jesus freaks. We don't want them to know we pray. We pray to, uh, who are you praying to? And we don't want to have to answer that. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Confidence in that any problem you have, he can solve. And he's greater than any problem you face. He is the overcomer. Man, that message is ringing in my mind. Psalms 54 and verse number 4. Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. Look at Hebrews 4.16. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why this prayer stuff? This prayer stuff. I've, I've, I've had it. When I talk to people, and they come to me with major, major problems, and I tell them, pray about it, and they look at me almost insulted. Why? Why are we insulted to talk to our God about a problem we can't solve ourselves? And he alone can. Why you look at me like I'm dumb? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to give you from this word? Are you expecting something that I'm going to pull out of my pocket here? And all of a sudden, woo, this is now the new thing. I only can preach, and I only will preach what God says. You know how I've overcome some bitterness in my own life? You know how I've overcome some of the things that plague me, and and there's still things that are haunting me, that I'm praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Hey, by the way, pray, pray, and pray, and pray, and pray, and pray. Because that's the only thing I found to work. I've talked to people, I've talked sense into people, I give them logical, biblical advice. But without God's power, convicting their heart and making a change in their heart, my words fall into deaf ears. My Jesus. He has to be the one. He has to be the one to save the lost souls. That apparently in ours can't be, can't, we can't convince them. They won't even listen to us. They won't even look at us. It has to be enough that Jesus is the, is the answer. Let us there come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. That is in the Bible. And find grace, ability, 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 ability. You're able. Now you're able. Obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know what I did when I found out that my mother had to be rushed into the ER? Even if I was there physically, there was nothing I could have done. But I prayed. And I put it as much as people as I know that pray. I put it into their hands and I asked, please pray on my behalf. Is God going to answer that? It's up to him. Because he's God. 
But I'm sure glad I prayed. I'm sure glad I prayed. And here's the last benefit. What else do you find here in living in the presence, in the favor of God? You find contentment. You find comfort. You find confidence. And then lastly, you find courage. Courage. What is that? God can. God can. He can. He can. He can do it for you. You have to not lose faith. It might take you a long time before that happens, but God can. I can't lie to you because the Bible tells me my God can. Look at Hebrews 13 and verse 6. I will not fear. I will not fear. I will find courage. Deuteronomy 31, 6 through verse number 8. It's talking to Moses. It's about to do, uh, it's regarding Moses and the people of Israel. And he, the Lord told him in Deuteronomy 31, 6, Be strong. And of a good courage. Fear not. Nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God. He is. He it is. That go with thee. He will not. Listen to these words. He will not fail thee. Nor forsake thee. Verse 7. And Moses called unto Joshua. And said unto him in the sight of all Israel. Be strong. And of a good courage. Where did he get that from? Moses was wise, right? Just simply repeating what God says. And as a preacher, that's all I'm doing. It's not my words. I had to be told. Because I feared. Be strong and of a good courage. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord had sworn unto their fathers to give them. And thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And verse number 8. And the Lord, he it is. That go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Neither forsake thee. Fear not. Neither be dismayed. I love Moses. He heard that from God. He said, hey, Joshua, you can hear. This is good news. Let me, let me say this to you. And then Joshua 1.5 recollects the same thoughts. Look at it, Joshua 1.5. There shall not any man. Be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses. Whoo! Moses was not the special one. It was Jesus that was the special one. Moses was just along for the ride. And so Joshua was told, hey, you want to know who the special one that Moses uh, did all of those wondrous things through and by? It's me. You want to do some things with me? And Joshua says, as for me and my house, woo, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua saw things done as Moses did. You might have a great Christian, maybe even in this room, that you'll, you almost idolize, and you look at their life and say, I can never be like them. And I ask you this, you probably won't, unless you get a hold of their God. Like they got a hold of their God. All 
Because that's the only special thing that makes them different. It's God. And they got a hold of him. They found out what it was like to live in his presence and to find some of these benefits. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Nelson Mandela, you know him. I like what he said. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. God promises his presence to his people as they go through life. It's one of God's gifts himself, his presence. It's a gift he wants to give you. He will take care of our every need, and he will provide grace to endure hardness and tribulation if we have to go through a life just like Job. To be used as a testimony and as a great tool for God to get glory. So whether we live a peaceable life and we have a decent life, God gets the glory because it's him that made it that way. And if God chooses out of his sovereignty and you respond out of your free will and you join in this venture and God puts tribulation and trials upon your life because he's God and he can do it, and you're you, and you're humble, and you let him. And in joint venture, you're going to see things that some of us that live in easy street don't even dream of seeing. And God gets the glory. So either way, he's worthy for you uh, to live that way. He will accomplish his will and plan in our lives and will help us succeed. There's only one problem, and that is sin. Sin keeps us from the presence of God. I don't have time. I'm going to give you three things here, three different instances in Scripture that I know that the phrase, the presence of God, talked about that they were out of it because of sin. Look at number one is Adam and Eve. Genesis 3.8. And they heard the voice of the Lord, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. What was it that they were hiding? They sinned. Sin keeps you from the presence of God, from his divine favor. Number two, Cain. Genesis 4.16, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the east of Eden. Why? Because he didn't want to agree with God that he committed murder and that he was wrong and he excused his behavior and he pointed on God almost to the point that he favored Abel. He's going to accuse God of sin when he's the one that murdered his brother. That's such a stubborn heart unrepented heart. That's another problem. You can't be in the presence of God with that kind of a heart. Number three, 
Jonah, Jonah 1, 3, and 10. But Jonah rose up and flee unto Tarshish. He flee from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof. He spent some money and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, away from God. And verse 10 says, And then were the men exceeding afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. A disobedient child has a hard time being enjoying the presence of God. Sin is the enemy. Jesus made a way to have us be with him forever. He separated uh, himself from the Father and died on the cross to eternally forgive us of our sins. But in our daily life, 1 John 1, 9 comes to the picture. As we live in this life, and that's the idea of him washing the disciples' feet, and Peter didn't understand that, and he said, watch my whole body. No, I already did that. This is just a sign to let you know that as you are washed from your sins, you're still going to walk on a filthy earth, a cursed world, and you're going to be stumbling and falling and sinning. And God says, make a short account. Wash your feet. Wash your feet. Cleanse your heart, you sinners. Why? Why? Because it will prevent you from experiencing the benefits of the presence of God. You live in discomfort, maybe. I'm not talking about comfortable material, uh, physically, but maybe you have some anxiety. It could be the result. I'm not saying that's the reason, but it could be. You don't have confidence in God. You don't have faith in him. You're depressed and hopeless. You have no courage to do right. You fear men all around you. And you, in fact, are men pleasers rather than the pleaser of God. Here's what the devil takes away. In Psalm 16, verse 11, it was quoted for us this morning beautifully. Pastor Cole mentioned this verse. I'm going to read it to you and we're done tonight. I know I was a little long. Appreciate you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Psalm 16, verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. I was talking about this life. This is not heaven yet. This is just walking on this earth. And you can really have heaven on earth. You can have abundant life. Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Have you been lied to by the devil? Have you been duped by this world? Have you been scammed? You know the purpose of the scammer? It tells you it's going to give you something that you don't have. But the whole time, it's stealing what you do have. And the devil wants to steal God's gift of his presence. Because forever, guys, forever, the devil blew it. He was the closest to God. And he blew it because there was iniquity found in his heart. And God says he will be cast into the lake of fire. 
and he will be forever forgotten and separated from a holy God. I challenge you, Christian, you can listen to the message, and you might have been entertained a little bit. Well, that's not my goal. My goal is this is true stuff. And I want you, and I want myself, to live in the presence of God because those benefits outweighs anything the world can offer me. But man, like I told you, I was very clear. If God blesses you with material things, be thankful. But if he doesn't, be thankful. Lord, we love you. We've been here a while. Thank you for your people. Thank you for this uh, great church you've given to us. Lord, you are uh, the God of this church. Lord, help us to live in your presence while we live on earth and to experience these things. And let us not have sin rob us any longer. In Jesus' name.